Hello, and welcome to the Connected Community Podcast. Today, my guest is Christina Smith, and I'm so excited because we are talking about the golden shadow. We always talk about shadow work, and shadow work is so important, and Christina and I definitely talk a lot about that today. And our shadow work is that part of ourselves that we're kind of trying to hide from other people, that part that we're not super proud of, that we don't want other people to see. But it is also that part of ourselves that other people can see clearly that sometimes we can't see. And so it's looking at our triggers, sitting in those moments of uncomfortableness and clearing the cobwebs so that we can become the best version of ourselves that we possibly can be. When we're talking about the golden shadow, we're talking about what are those things that we see in other people, those characteristics that we love, that we respect, that we admire. And just the simple fact that we're able to see those attributes in other people is the key that we can own those attributes ourselves. And so I really love this conversation. I really like the twist on the shadow work and exploring the golden shadow and looking at them both so that we can become a better version of ourselves. I really hope you'll enjoy this episode. I want to thank you so much for being here. And please take a moment to give us a like, share, and subscribe. And let's dive on in with this conversation with Christina. Hello, and welcome to the Connected Community Podcast, a place to explore possibility through mindfulness, movement, and self-discovery. Our intention is to deliver insight and inspiration while fostering conversations that are genuine, unfiltered, and deeply human. We hope you will enjoy today's episode. Hi, Christina. How are you this morning? I am so well, and I'm excited to be here to talk about shadow. It's going to be so fun. Yes. How are you today? Does I'm anybody good. laugh at that? Okay, <laughs> we started with technical issues. We're good now. <laughs> um, so welcome to the Connected Community Podcast, and I am excited to talk to you. I was reaching out, looking for people to talk about shadow work, and you talked about the golden shadow, and I hadn't heard that before, and I'm super interested to talk about that. And um, when we were chatting earlier... Um, I love the concept behind the golden shadow. So I'm wondering if we should maybe just dive into like, what is shadow work before we get to the golden shadow? I love this. And I love that when we were talking about it, you said, I've never heard of this. Is this something you made up? And so I was, I was doing a little research this morning. I'd be like, I didn't make this up right No, And of course I didn't. Carl Jung came up with it. And what Carl Jung said about shadow, which I think I've never heard before was the shadow is um, 90% pure gold. Mm. Wow. And that's something that I don't think that we take into consideration these days when we, I don't know, when I hear the word, we're going to go do shadow work. It's like, oh, that's going to be difficult and it's going to be going through layers of stuff that I don't like to see. But what happens if our shadow is actually 90% pure gold? And that's what we want to talk about today. But yes, to your point, let's talk about shadow work. And from my understanding, what shadow work is, and shadow work is really bringing the unconscious conscious. Um, It's all these things that we kind of put in this shadow that we say, oh, we're human, but we don't want to show up that way, or that's not appropriate. Or um, someone told us that... um, it was bad to show up that way. Right. And there are certain things that we can all agree on. We have laws, right? Like we're not going to hurt each other. We're not going to steal from each other. So those of course could be, we're all capable of those things. Um, But most of us don't show up that way because it's not a great community kind of feel if we show up those ways. Um, So shadow is all the ways that we show up and usually everybody else can see it. Mm-hmm. but we can't. Um, yeah. And that's why they call it shadows because we're keeping it like unconscious from ourselves. Um, and there are so many ways that we can see the shadow. Um, a lot of it is in judgments, whether we're judging other people or we're judging ourselves harshly. I know I can't tell you how much, how many things I've done in my life. And I'm like, stupid, Christina, why would you do yeah. that? Right. Mm-hmm. That is my shadow. And until we start taking those things out of shadow and going, wow, 
sometimes I show up a little greedy or sometimes I show up and that's not, you know, I don't really want to be the witch, but I show up that way anyway. Why is that? And until we start pulling that stuff out of the shadow, we're going to unconsciously just keep showing up that way. So that's my basic thought of shadow. I'd be interested to hear what I know you do shadow work. So what, what is it? How would you explain shadow work? Yeah, I think it's like the parts too that we we that we do know sometimes, but we hide from other people or mm. we don't want yeah, we don't want to acknowledge it's like the dark underbelly. And I think everybody has the shadow and it's are we looking are we willing to look at it? Are we willing to work with it? Are we willing to see it? Um, and so I do think, yes, other people can be aware of it and we might not, but then I also think that we might know about our deep insecurity or our deep shadow. And then we do things to try to cover it up so that you know other people don't see it. And I think that the harder we try to bury our shadows, then the more they kind of push out. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, yeah. like if we keep trying to like shove them down and shove them down and shove them down over and over again, then I think that they can pop out. But I also um, love the concept of exploring our shadow because I think that the more that we are able to look at those um, dark spots and kind of clear the cobwebs, then we get that clarity and that growth. Um, and it takes courage to look at that. And I think our biggest growth can come from looking at our shadows. But then I also really like your, your, your twist on the golden shadow. Um, (laughs) because it's, it's a, it's not as daunting. It's not as scary. It's not as, as dark and heavy. And yet we can still grow from, from it. Mm, and we might find golden pieces in the dark shadow. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that I discussed this with you um, when we talked earlier, but one of my things was um, I was I was quite a witch growing up. Like I was judgmental, I was bitchy, whatever you want to call that word, right? Um, and I didn't realize how I was showing up that way, right? And basically what it was is like people could feel me putting like a six-foot wall between us Mm. um, because, well, for me, it was hiding my insecurity, right? So the mask I wore was I'm going to be this cranky woman, this judgmental woman, because then you won't want to connect with me and I won't get hurt by you. Mm -hmm. Um, And so one of my shadows was hiding from that connection. Right. And, and the gold is, is that there's a really actually a beauty to that energy that I have. It's great Mm. that I can go from zero to 60 in bitch terms right away, because there are times where I need that energy, right? Like if somebody was carjacking me or something terrible was happening, I can pull that energy out. But once I took it out of the shadow and I said, well, there are some gifts and some gold to it, right? then I'm also more conscious of when I'm using it. So it's not slipping out when I'm not wanting it to. I can actually see it. And that's the problem with things in our shadow is like, if we don't pull them out and look at them, we're just kind of repeating them because we're like, don't look at the man behind the curtain. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, Like Wizard of Oz, like that's not really who I am. I'm this big, powerful Oz, not just this human, right? Mm -hmm. But that's really what we're trying to do with shadow. And so going into golden shadow, there's so much beauty that we hide. And most people who study the golden shadow are going to tell you that most of our creativity in life lives in this golden shadow Mm -hmm. Um, because most of us who were creative when we were young, were kind of told like, "Ah, art's not going to get you anywhere. Dance isn't going to get you anywhere. You know, those are fun on the side, but that's not real work, right? Right. That's not Mm -hmm. real adding to society in a real way. That's just bonus stuff, which I, I think is complete garbage, but that's not the point. The other things that we put in our golden shadow is sometimes our confidence. We can stick that in there because one time I showed up confident and somebody wanted to bring me down a peg, right? Mm -hmm. Or told me that I was showing off or that was inappropriate, right? I'm showing. Mm -hmm. And so I learned that those things are not appropriate, right? So we put them in the shadow. And there's even a different shadow for men and women, right? Men who want to cry right? Like, and and are emotional. They might try to put that emotional feeling side into the shadow because that's not manly, right? Yeah. And for women, it's like a lot of other things like um, 
for me, my mother was really set on me being intelligent. Who cares about your looks? Just be intelligent. So when it comes to like dressing up or doing makeup or my hair, a lot of that cosmetology part of me is like put into the shadow because Mm -hmm. it wasn't as important, right? It doesn't matter what fancy things you own, just... Um, you know, it's really about how hard you work and everything. So a lot of our judgments, right? Because then I bring judgments, right? If it's not all right for me to show up that way, look at this girl. She spends so much time on her looks. And now I'm going to start judging other people based on what I put in my shadow. And that's where all of our external and internal kind of judgments come from, especially when it's not about safety. It's about my comfort. Yeah. So does that make sense to you? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We're making sense yeah. so far. Yeah. So we hide a lot of this stuff. And the ways that we can figure it out is there's a great book called Tripping the Prom Queen, which is um, very feminine behavior. I work with women, so you're going to hear me kind of lean on the women's side a little bit more. But uh, Tripping the Prom Queen is about, um, you know, we kind of want to bring women down that are up a peg. If you ever noticed uh, a confident woman walking into a room, yeah. there's always a group of women on the side going, oh, she thinks she's really smart and tough. And like, we're, we're trying yeah. to bring them down. And so instead of doing that, cause I know for me, gossip never really felt good. Yeah. I, I look at it and go, what is it about this woman? That is really, is there anything, first of all, impairing my safety. No, usually it's just gossip and like, it's got nothing to do with me. Right. Um, okay. Then what is the story I'm telling myself about this woman? And usually we've made up a whole story that isn't that person's life, right? Oh yeah. she just spends all her time in the nail salon, whatever crazy judgments we come up, but we can start to unpeel those and go, wow, am I jealous because I don't allow myself to show up that way? Mm -hmm. I may not want to show up that way, but if I ask myself the question, at least I'm getting to the core underneath of it. Yeah. Yeah. That so makes me think of an experience I had just recently, um, which I'm almost embarrassed to admit, but um, my husband and I went to celebrate our 15 year anniversary and we went to high tea and there were these, women there. Um, and I'm, and I'm now I'm like picking up on those judgments. So they, they, mm-hmm. uh, and, and so it's making me look at that and say, okay, what was that? Um, and stepping outside of that judgment. And, and, um, as you're talking, I'm like, Oh yeah, that hits home. I get it. I get it. <laughs> yeah. I didn't even think to look at that. Right. Um, and I, I bet when we start looking at that, that we're, we're placing those judgments a lot more than we think we are that they're mm-hmm. just kind of like popping in our brain or that. And, and, and what is it with women and, and that comparing? I feel like there's some women's groups that are so supportive and uplifting and, and the women are there just to support and uplift the other women. And then there's other circumstances where there's a lot of tearing down. And I'm curious about that. Do you mm-hmm. have any insight into that? Yeah. Yeah. Again, that book, Tripping the Prom Queen, it <laughs> is fantastic. And there's also a saying called kill the queen, right? So mm-hmm. if one woman is showing up big and bright and boisterous, then like the rest of us want to tear her down because like, how dare she show up like that? Instead of us looking at ourselves and going, wow, how can I show up more like that? Mm-hmm. Right. But it's actually in our DNA, uh, unfortunately, Um, being competitive as women. We always think of men as being competitive. But if you really think about our DNA, women are 10 times, I don't know know what the actual statistic is, but we are tons more competitive than men. And that's because we can only get pregnant once a year, basically, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, twice if we're really squeezing it in there. But but men can spread their seed Mm -hmm. everywhere. So there's no uh, limited chance, right? We have like smaller chances of procreating. So it's really kind of in our DNA to be competitive, not cooperative. Um, and it really, I think it comes from a much higher place, like a spiritually grounded place for us to be more collaborative, more supportive yeah. of each other. It's really like a conscious energy. 
yeah. how you bring that out because I'm pretty sure 99% of women can come up with a time where, oh my God, I was judging that woman so harshly. Like as yeah. you were telling your story, I was thinking back to when I was a bartender and like women would come in for like a bachelorette party or whatever, and they'd just be cackling for hours. And I'm yeah. like, oh God, when are they yeah. going away? Right. But how was that hurting me really? It wasn't right. right. Them having their fun, however it is that they want to have fun. Yeah. doesn't have to impact me. Plus we have the patriarchy, which tells us how women should show up, basically. Mm-hmm. What is appropriate for women? And it's getting less and less. I get that. I'm not trying to say that we're all ruled by men. But there are still leftover thoughts about you know what a woman should do or what she's wearing and what that means and like all of these judgments that we can come up but we don't really know their story their story can yeah. be completely different than ours we but they i think that it's just as valuable i'm not saying don't judge i'm saying yeah. ask yourself what is the purpose mm-hmm. of judging right here what what is this woman um putting out there that I'm jealous about, that I might be envying or I admire, that I am feeling like I have to cut her down because she's showing up in a way that I want to show up and I want to allow myself to do that because of whatever the story is. Yeah. It also makes me think of my friends and I were talking about Brene Brown recently and, uh, and, and we're all big fans of her. And, and it's, it's also that way of looking at somebody like that and all the characteristics that she has and, and then owning part of that for ourselves. Right. Mm. Like, Oh, I love that she's a badass and that she can bring up these topics and she's confident. And then looking at those two, right. Those great mm. qualities. So what, do, what can we learn from looking at somebody that we admire and all the qualities that they hold and how we feel towards them? What can we learn from that? Yeah. So Shadow says that we wouldn't be able to see in someone else what we don't possess in ourselves. So you could have a hundred qualities that I've never come into contact with that I don't even notice about you Mm -hmm. um, or me because it's never really been part of my thinking. Yeah. However, the things that I see in other people must also be in me. If I have a confident friend and I go, oh, she's always so graceful. I wish I could show up as graceful as her, even under stress or whatever. We can. We have like mm-hmm. you just you just named it. And once you name it, yeah, <laughs> you can show up. It may not be that my grace shows up like um a professional ballerina, right? My grace (laughs) might show up completely different, right? but being able to be open to that and going, how can I use grace in my life? How can I show up graceful, right? Giving ourselves a better focus, because I think so often we are telling ourselves with the dark shadow, we're like, oh, I don't want to show up like that. I don't want to show up like that. And we're almost creating more masks than we are actually excavating the dark. But when we talk about golden shadow, and let me tell you, the golden shadow I have found with my clients, 100 times harder to step into. Mm. They are willing to own every nasty, ugly, dirty thing about themselves. But when it comes to, can I show up like this woman that I've held in such high regard? Yeah. I don't know. That sounds scary. Right? Mm -hmm. And we're thinking that the golden shadow, how can that be scary? These are all the gold that you have. Yeah. Right. But if we really think about it, right? Like if Brene Brown, if I wanted to show up like Brene Brown, she's so vulnerable and open and like there's qualities about her that like she's soft and yet she kind of gives you the truth, right? Yeah. Like there's all these yeah. beautiful qualities. Well, I can do that too. Yeah. Right. But what happens if I do that? Well, then I'd have to have as many people looking at me as Brene Brown right? Yeah. That sounds really scary. Then people might take what I'm saying as absolute truth. And what if they use that against me? That could be scary, right? My brain can come up with all the reasons why, oh, that's good for Brene, but it's not good right, for Right, <laughs> like, right. Right, right. <laughs> because yeah. we have to live up to it. And that might be the scarier part for us. So it's the insecurity that if I show up that way, my generation, our parents always said, What will they think? So it's that external validation part of us, which is why people focus on the creativity in the, in the golden shadow, because 
a lot of our creativity, we were told, oh, that's not a good drawing. Like I was, oh, I was so embarrassed by so many of my art teachers that I never did art again. Right. But that's because like the more that they criticize me, the more I put art in that shadow and go, that's just not something I can do. So I'm going to avoid that because whenever I go near that, there's criticism and I don't want to be criticized all the time. But what would have been the difference if those art teachers would have been like, oh, this is awesome. You are great. You're going to be a great artist, right? We would have had a different reaction, right? Maybe, perhaps. I mean, I still had a mother that was very, you know, she's a firstborn immigrant. So, um, so for her, it was like art. You're crazy. Right. You get a job. <laughs> you're going to get a paycheck and healthcare, and <laughs> we're going to call that awesome. Um, but yeah, so all these beautiful things that were hiding in that shadow. I used to be a dancer. And then one day I was told that you're too old to be dancing. You yeah. Know, you shouldn't be doing that. And so whoop, goes right into the shadow. So we get to pull all this stuff back out and see the beauty of it, even if other people yeah. didn't see the beauty of it. And that's where our creativity is. I mean, whatever it is, creative. And I really believe that creativity is important. Without creativity, it's like, what would be the point of life? Just going to work and doing your job and coming home? Yeah, I think like that art example, I mean, I had the same experience. I can't draw a stick man. And um, and I was I was not very creative um, in that way either artistically with paint, like any medium in art class, just forget it. Um, and I had told myself that too for years that like I'm just not creative. And then slowly over time, as I've gotten older, I'm realizing I'm creative in other ways. It doesn't have to look like, art and painting and drawing and coloring, like all those things that I kind of suck at. But you and I both have a podcast that's creative. I used to have a kid's clothing line. The creativity doesn't have to fit in the box that I was shoved in when I was a kid. And and, and along with that, I had that thinking, like, I suck, I'm not creative. And learning that it doesn't have to look like it does for everyone else. It can be in a different Mm way. Some, yeah. For some people, it's just the way that they present dinner is creative, right? Or right, right. the way that they clean their house might be creative. I yeah. have no idea. Like there's so many different ways. And I, I think that's a really great point as we think we look at one way that somebody is doing something and go, oh, well, I couldn't do that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, okay, maybe I'm not a Brene Brown, but maybe there's a different version of her that fits my life, right? Yeah. But what I know is that there's a hoop there for me. Something I have to bring out of my shadow is I don't often like to be seen. That's my own trauma from yeah. what being young that I learned that being isolated was safer. Um, but it's not really safe because it, you know, it doesn't serve us when we get older and we're like, well, we want more connections. Well. <laughs> putting a six foot wall in there isn't going to help yeah. so that's part of my shadows learning how I can be safe with people without building that wall. I, one of the greatest questions I ask my clients all the time is, is this unsafe or is it uncomfortable? And yeah. most of the things in our life are really uncomfortable. Yeah. That's what it comes down to being seen and getting big. So people can see me being bold yeah. Like that is uncomfortable. There is nothing really unsafe. Eh, people might laugh at me. It's yeah. not going to hurt me. <laughs> you know what I mean? It may hurt me mentally or emotionally yeah. if I allow it to, but I'm not in any physical danger. And I think that people forget that because our brain are um, risk mitigators. Yeah. So they're looking at risk. And because we are so good at surviving these days, most of us aren't running from a bear or a lion or anything else. Uh, because we're so good at that, like our brain confuses anything that's uncomfortable with risk yeah. and like, well, discomfort's where the growth is. And, and if you yeah. do shadow work, you got to know that. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like that's, um, that's been my journey in the last couple of years too, is like putting myself in positions that make me uncomfortable. And that's really hard to do. Um, like I'm in a book discussion right now with, with, with a bunch of women. It's about spirituality and and money. And I was saying to the group yesterday, if I had not offered to host this at my house, I would have shoved this under the bed because it's really (laughs) uncomfortable um, to look at like all of the money stories. And and every single woman in that group was talking about how um, uncomfortable the whole topic was. And so that's like, yes, we're pushing ourselves to go into those uncomfortable places 
to learn more about ourselves, to explore different ideas and to grow. It's like, are we willing to go to that space of discomfort or do we just want to be comfortable all the time? Mm -hmm. Which is not even possible. (laughs) Well, and that's what shadow says. Shadow says, don't look at me and then you'll Mm -hmm. be comfortable. Just keep doing what you're doing. You're fine. Right. We all know what it's like to get stuck in a place and then be like, well, why is this happening to me? Right. And we, we can see it on Dr. Phil or other places where we're looking at them like, well, you're kind of douchey. Like that's probably your big problem right here. Yeah. They can't see it. Right. They can't see it because their shadow is like, nope, nope, we're good. We're going to lock the door. You're just going to show up foolish all the time. And that's okay. Cause that's who you are and everybody else will see it. But that, I mean, that's where we get addictions, right? And and addiction can be one of our shadows where um, I have a client who she really ch- gets challenged by people with addictions. And then we really started to unpack it. And I'm like, well, what addictions do you have? Because I'm sorry, I haven't met a person yeah. yet that doesn't have at least one addiction to something. Right. And it may not be alcohol or drugs or anything like that. It may be Social shopping. Media. It might be TV. Mm-hmm. It might be scrolling on your phone. Mm-hmm. It could be a million things that we do as human beings to kind of numb out. So when we start looking at that and going, wow, and it's just as like my husband's got a food addiction. He loves food. But that was, yeah. you know, is just as hard for him to manage as someone who has an alcohol addiction because it has negative effects, Right. There's some people yeah. who have really positive, uh, like exercise addictions, right? But even those can go over bounds yeah. uh, if you exercise too much. So starting to expand our ideas of, but what's the story behind it for me, right? And I think I told you about this one when we were talking um, before about lying is a huge, like, uh, makes me crazy. And I don't do a lot of lying. I'm actually... Most of my friends would call me abrasively truthful. Um, (laughs) But for me, right, it's not the judgment that I'm a liar. It's just the story I tell myself about it. When somebody lies to me, the story I'm telling myself about it, and this is different for everybody, is they think I'm stupid, right? Mm -hmm. And I have this huge intelligence wound that if you try to hit me right there in my intelligence, I'm going to, oh, I'm going to react, right? I'm going to get triggered by it because that's my wound. Um, Now, have I ever treated someone like they were stupid? Oh, yeah. And did I feel good about myself afterwards? Yeah. No, right? And so that is something that I deny it. And I repress that part of me from trying to make other people feel bad, right? I do such a good job of trying to support and uplift now. Yeah. And I forget that I have that side of me that can get really jealous and be like, oh, let me gossip in my head or give judgments in my head about yeah. this. So shadow is so important. And I do love that quote that I found from Carl Jung that was like, the shadow is 90% pure gold. Because whether we're pulling things out of our dark shadow or our more creative, beautiful golden shadow, we can actually turn a lot of that to gold, right? Um, the the idea that I don't want to treat people like they're stupid because the whole lying trigger that I have, that's yeah. a positive. The idea that um, once I look at my bitchiness, I can go, wow, when is this appropriate and when isn't it? Right. Yeah. So that I can find the gold in that too, because there's a lot of people who can't stand up for themselves and can't speak. So that's actually a gift yeah. is that I can speak up for myself. Now we have to fine tune the level maybe. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but these yeah. can all be gifts if we learn how to use them. And that's the beauty of doing, taking the stuff out of shadow is like, I'm using these things consciously then rather than unconsciously. Yeah. Or taking it out on other people with judgments because they're doing something I haven't given myself permission to do. Yeah. I mean, I think another way a shadow comes about is um, if somebody says something like, oh, you're so whatever the word is, um, and then you're triggered by that. No, I'm not. You know, you get all pissed off about it. Um, then I feel like there's your shadow lurking behind because if somebody said something that wasn't true, you'd just blow it off. But if they say it and it hits hard and you have a trigger and you have a reaction um, and you're like, that's not true, I'm not selfish or whatever the word is, um, Mm -hmm. then that's your shadow lurking. And that's a good way to 
look at look yeah. at it. And we all have triggered. different things. I mean, some yeah. of us like if we were raised in a home where beauty was the most essential, somebody attacks our beauty, then it's like, ah, oh, what do you mean? I'm doing my best or whatever. But mine was really an intelligence wound that, you know, I was told that I didn't have enough common sense, that I couldn't figure things out. I was Gen X. We were kind of told to just go figure life out. And then when I didn't, I got criticized for not doing it the right way. Even though nobody taught me, I was just kind of winging it. Yeah. But that can be, you know, a wound. I know it because every time I have any inclination that someone is insulting my intelligence or that I'm not smart enough, like, whew, I can feel it. Mm-hmm. It like yeah. comes up inside me and I just want to be like, yeah. <laughs> <"That's not right." laughs> yeah. it's that same feeling though. When you feel that like, ah, it's, it's like if somebody's you meet somebody and they're getting on your nerves. And like you said, they're so loud or they're so obnoxious or they're so rude or whatever. And it really triggers you. Then it's again, that's like your shadow. Mm-hmm. Hello. <laughs> so bossy. That was one that I had when I was young, bossy. And you know why? Because I speak my truth and I'm a woman, yeah. right? Whereas maybe in a, in some boys, they would have been, Oh, look at those leadership qualities. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So we can throw all of that stuff. And so there is a reason why women, like, even though we're like, yes, I do want to be a boss, babe. And I do want to, you know, be yeah. big and bright and shiny. There's so much of our history that showed us that when we showed up that way, other people didn't like it. Yeah. And so somehow we think that means that we should turn it down. And then we have that judgment every time somebody comes in wild, loud, and bold that I want to tear them down because how dare they? They can't show up that way. I'm not allowed to show up that way. And like, I've always just envied it so much. Like I, you could tell those women who just like walk in a room, they don't care about whether or not their weight is perfect or whatever, but they're just showing up with this confidence that being, oh, what does she think she's so confident about? Right. And we want to tear them down, but that's just because we're living in our shadow and we're not risking anything. So we want to criticize people who are risking something because- you know, that's easier for sure. And it's not about tossing the shadow out either, right? Like it's, it's, um, it's looking at it and then maybe reframing it too, or finding a balance. Um, it's not about tossing it, burning it, getting rid of it, no, never owning it. It's that, like, right? Yeah. I feel like that's what we try to do with our inner critic too. And it's like, um, I don't know, like Brene Brown says, or was it Elizabeth Gilbert? I forget which one. One of them says, I let the inner critic hear. They just can't talk. And it's like, that has never worked for me ever. (laughs) Yeah. And that's what shadow is. Shadow is part of our like inner critic kind of archetype because it's telling us how the world should be according to perfection or whatever. You know, I, I grew up in a Catholic household. So it was like, this way is right. And if this way is right, everything else is wrong. Right. And so I learned how to criticize. And there was a part of me that really thought like, oh, my critical judgment is such a gift, such a gift. Well, it, it was too much of a gift is really yeah. what happened. And I became overly critical about everything. But absolutely, what we want to do with shadow is like, it's literally like, I always picture shadow as this big cloud behind me kind of. Yeah. And we just want to grab that thing and take it out. So what does my meanness and my bossiness actually look like? What mm. do I want it to look like? Because once I take it out of shadow, I have more control over it because I'm looking at it, right? Yeah. So and it doesn't mean that I toss it back when I'm ready. It's something I keep like just in my sight, holding yeah. it right there going, mm, I see you. I Oh, I see how you're that judgment, that gossiper. I see her talking in my head right now, and this is not how I want to show up. How is it that I actually want to show up? And then it gives me a chance to really make a conscious choice about how it's coming out rather than if we stick it back there, it's like it just shows up at weird times and blows up, right? Like if we've ever been holding stuffing things, that's basically what it is, stuffing it all down. And then, whoo one time that we feel like we're not treated well or whatever, we're like, wow, <laughs> yeah. bring out yeah. all the shadows at one time. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's really important to be looking at them. We pull things out of the shadow and we look at them and we go, hmm, is this how I like this thing? Or do I want to shift this? Do I want to be less bossy? Or maybe I want to be bossy in a different way. What, what kind of like, how can I feel good about the way that my bossiness or my meanness or my directness, whatever word I want to give it, yeah, shows up? Um, because then I can make conscious choices about it and I yeah. can consciously accept the parts of me that aren't perfect rather than pretending like it doesn't exist. I mean, just because pretend something doesn't yeah. exist doesn't mean it goes away. So somebody's starting to look and explore their shadow work. How do you prevent the downfall of um, self-criticism. So they're starting to look at it. They're starting to see all these things come up that they don't like. And then um, I imagine there's a tendency to get really hard on oneself. And Mm. how do you move through that and have some self-compassion? That's a great question. I think we have to, I always like to look at, well, where's the origin of this story, right? Like where is the origin of this shadow? Because then we can go back And I work a lot with archetypes. We just covered the mother in January and um, we can go back and reparent ourselves. Oh, wow, little girl. I see how you were dancing in front of your cousins and stuff. And someone said, you're showing off. You shouldn't be doing that. You know, you're going to make other kids feel bad that they don't go to dance lessons too, or whatever the thing is. Mm -hmm. And I can have compassion from that part of me. That's like, wow, that seems really hard right? That seems like that was a hard thing to go through and that they didn't really understand that this was something you were passionate about or whatever. We can have those conversations and then we can say, how do we want to bring this out? Do we want to bring this out? What do we want to look at here? Where was the joy? But tracing it back to like having compassion, this is normal stuff that happens to human beings. Like we, none of us have outlived our childhood without having some type of wounds, even if we had the perfect, perfect parents. Um, It's just impossible. They couldn't have been perfect for who we are and who our brothers and sisters were and, you know, who they needed to be for themselves. It's just impossible. But if we can go back and have compassion for that part of us that shoved it back there, because we were like, oh, I can't deal with this then we can start to unravel it and go, hmm, how can this be a gift? Yeah. Because right? I think or that it could have been their them. shadow, their shadow mm-hmm. imposed on me and now it's become mine, but it wasn't mine. Like it was a, a imposed shadow. <laughs> yeah. But I get to choose that by looking yeah. back and going, okay, they said that creative stuff was garbage and that it really meant nothing. Is that what, is that true for me? Yeah. Or is that just something I brought on? And, you know, maybe I need to go try creative stuff if I haven't been in a really long time. But just starting to be really compassionate with ourselves and going, yep, human beings, we get wounds and then we, it changes who we are. You know, yeah. it changes how we show up. It's the experiences and stuff. It'd be really great if <laughs> we didn't have to deal with the humaning of life. But I mean, that's just us making up stories and having emotions about them. That's all kind of part of our humanness, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. But if we can have that compassion and really ask ourselves, where did this come from? Do I want this to be true for me? How yeah. do I want to manage this piece of myself? What feels mm-hmm. really good for me? But that means getting into our body and starting to like really feel these things out for ourselves rather than using our monkey mind, which wants yeah. to tell us all the reasons why it's risky behavior. Yeah. And I feel like even if we push it down, everyone gets triggered. So it's really just looking at those triggers when they come up and examining them and and exploring where they originated from. Do they still serve us? Do yeah. they want to show up in that way or in a different way? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'd love to believe that one day I clear out my entire shadow closet <laughs> and just, boom, I become the perfect person I always wanted to be. And yeah. yet, you know, it's a mix of becoming consciously becoming who you want and consciously having compassion for the fact that this form comes with some really yeah. interesting features <laughs> Yeah, that we have to work through that, you know, none of us really make it out of life without shadow or 
Um, I don't know anybody who's gotten to the point who is just, they're just like, oh, I am complete love and that is it. There's no shadow behavior. I mean, I yeah. would think that there yeah. was a shadow yeah. behavior if somebody did come out that way. Right, right. <laughs> you can't see it. <laughs> we see I have it. Say to me, I think I've done all my shadow work. And I was like, says the shadow. <laughs> says right. <the> shadow. <laughs> right. Yeah, you can't be done. Oh, yeah. But the more practice you get, the more you get used to looking for the gold. Like, I don't look at shadow work as like it's this big, heavy thing anymore. It's like, hmm, I'm curious about why I would respond to my husband that way. I'm curious yeah. about like why when she said something to me, oof, I felt like I was going to cut her at the knees, right? And we get to be curious as long as we're being compassionate, right? Yeah. Instead of judgmental. And what I've always found is that being curious is like this, this solution for judgment is just like, wow, yeah, yeah, really interesting. Why do I do that? Rather than that's terrible. Why would I show up yeah. that way? That's, you know, awful, you know, because when we go there, when we go straight to shame, Brene Brown says that shame breaks down the very part of us that believes we're capable of change. So if yeah. we use shame as a device, which let me tell you is, you know, my mom's way, Catholic mom, um, it was re- very much um, if something bad's happening to you, it's because you deserve it because you have done something to earn this yeah. punishment or whatever. And so whenever I make a mistake, I can still find myself wanting to punish or shame myself mm-hmm. um, because part of me thought that that was how change happens and yeah. I have to be, I have to like, Oh no, we're not going to do that. We're not going to call ourselves stupid or any of that other stuff. We're just going to be really compassionate and be open to seeing like, huh, why do I do that without yeah. the judgment? Um, Cause the judgment's just going to keep us stuck. Um, but being really curious and compassionate are the two tools that I would really say we need in order to do real shadow work without creating more shadows. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Curiosity, I think is super powerful. Mm. So what do you, why do you think it is harder to look at the golden shadow than our shadow? Why is it harder? Why is it easier for us to kind of like look at all the things that aren't so great about us and all the darkness and the heavy things, but then not acknowledge the amazing things that are within us and our potential? Yeah. I think it's the difference between surviving and thriving. We Our DNA is linked to survival. We're really good at it. And to me, survival is... I'm running away from something that I don't want. Like when I ask women, if you had a magic wand, first question I always ask them, what three things would you change? And I always get the, not this conflict in my relationship, not this boredom I have at my job, not this, not that, not this, not that. So they know what they're running away from. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to thriving and like looking forward and running towards something. Yeah. Yeah not as motivating for our DNA. We're like, well, I'm kind of comfortable. I'll just stay where I am. That looks Mm -hmm. like a lot of risk for no reason, right? Like, and who knows if it'll turn out the way that I want to. So I think that that's really where it comes from. So like we look at the dark stuff because we're trying to fix something rather than looking at the light and going, wow, I could really be that. Yeah. Right. Um, and so we have to get more excited than we get anxious about it. And I work with midlife women. Usually by that time, they're like, ah, comfort is fine. <laughs> yeah, right? right. Yeah. Because yeah. even though it's uncomfortable, it's a familiar discomfort, right? I'm used yeah. to looking at the bad sides of me. I mean, how often do we claim, like, oh, I'm really awesome. I did this really awesome thing, right? Women don't usually do that. They might say, I got this award. They won't say, oh, I worked so hard and I hit my goals and I got this award and I did it all by myself. Like they won't do that because that feels wrong. Mm -hmm. But that's thriving is celebrating yourself and being like, wow, yeah, I am rocking it. Rather than many of us will talk more about what's not going right. Um, So I really think it's a DNA thing that we have. We have made life so secure in the last few hundred years because we don't have physical danger as much. Um, And so thriving is just harder for us Mm -hmm. because we are creatures of comfort. And why take a risk of 
upsetting ourselves with shadow when we can just pretend it to ignore it like we always do. So with the golden, so let's, let's give an example. Um, somebody walks in the room or, or I know somebody say, and I think that they're beautiful and smart and well-spoken and um, graceful. I don't know, all these things. Um, then how would I work with that golden shadow in that circumstance? Yeah. Yeah. So when I think of like, cause there's, there's always women, I think that some of us kind of look at and we're like, Oh, I wish I could be like her. Right. So for me, one of mine was RBG, right. Ruth Bader Ginsburg. I just admired her so much for her intelligence. Right. Cause that's my wound. So mm-hmm. I love intelligent women. Um, but she was fair. She spoke up. So I can see these things about her and the risks that she took in order to speak up and, and have her voice heard. And I can say, wow, well, what is that for me? What are those characters, right? So I have my clients think of three women or three men, whatever, three people mm-hmm. that they really admire and envy. And then I go, what are the characteristics that you really envy about them? What is it that they do or you interpret them doing? that is, you know, phenomenal to you. And they come up with those. And then we go, well, if uh, grace, connection, and great speaking were like the three qualities, how can I step into them? What in me is calling for that? Because out of the millions of qualities that are, you know, amongst human beings, it's these three that are calling me to this person. What does that mean for me? How can I speak up more? Maybe I want to become a speaker. Maybe I want to learn how to connect with people more. I'm not sure, you know, what that looks like, but I think each one of us does, right? And when I started looking, I was like, oh, I'm too scared of being seen, which, you know, isn't great for a podcaster, isn't great for a life coach or a business (laughs) owner, right? There's ways to do it without speaking up. But I mean, for me, it's like, if that's what I'm looking at and that's what I'm envious of, there is something in my spirit that is saying, that's what we want to look at. Mm -hmm. I desire that and I want to move in that direction. Yeah. And how, you know, how can I do that? Yeah. It's going to be uncomfortable. There's going to be risks. It means that I might have to go to a Toastmasters or something, right? But whatever it is, it's at least pointing me in a direction that I think is most aligned with what I want if I'm craving it from other people. Yeah. Moving towards what I do want, what I want to cultivate, what I want to bring into my life, what I want to embrace, step into. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or even like the creative, like somebody else gets to be creative and does all this stuff. And we can also hear it when we go, I wish I had time for stuff like that. You do. (laughs) You do have time. You just haven't made it a priority, right? Um, So it's all of those things that we see in other people and we want to either criticize, like we can ask ourselves, is that it might be something that we were like, meh, I was told that that was wrong and it still doesn't fit for me. Okay. But is it hurting you if it's not just let it go? Um, but there's really beautiful things that we see in other people. And we're like, oh, I remember the first time I saw my golden shadow. I was on a women's weekend and there was this a facilitator that was there. And the way that she showed up was so graceful. And she had like this magic on the carpet mm-hmm. that like she could, she would hear stories and would be like, oh, what's she going to do with that? And then like 15 minutes, it was like magic. There might as well be sparkles in the room, Right. And I was on my way home from that weekend. I had to pull over because I started crying. And I was like, oh, my God, that must be in me, too. (laughs) (laughs) I could show up like that. I can be beautiful. And since then, like other women have said to me, wow, you really Mm -hmm. show up like this. And I was like, because I consciously pulled it out of my shadow and said, it's not impossible for me to create my own magic. It's not impossible for me to show up really connected and present and all these other qualities. Like I can actually do that, but I had to take it out of the shadow and go, "Mm, yeah, that's how I want to show up. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, this is awesome. So let's um, maybe share like how people can find you and connect with you. You've got a book, you've got a podcast, you've got all kinds of things going on and offerings. Yeah. A podcast is currently on a hiatus until we um, move back to the East Coast, but it is um, up everywhere. It's called Inviting Shift. 
and it's really about confidence in midlife. So we talk a lot, a lot about um, midlife topics, like aging parents and how we are seen and um, a lot of the shadow work type stuff that we, I don't think I always call it shadow work, but really managing our feelings and our thoughts so that we can be more confident. Um, and it's named after the book that I wrote, I think it was like 2016. Um, and that book was all about how we make transitions happen because I started as a health coach and what I realized is most of us know exactly what we should be doing to be healthy, right? We know we should drink more water, get our sleep, eat whole foods, like yada, yada. But I was really curious as to why we couldn't make that happen. So I broke up shift into five stages of shift and ways that we kind of move them along, embracing it rather than like hitting our head on the wall. Yeah. And so I'm a life coach for midlife women. And I'm going to give you a link if you want to offer it to your people. Um, There's a midlife confidence toolkit I created, and you don't have to be in midlife. All the tools will help you regardless. But yeah, yeah, the tools that are in there, the good questions to ask yourself, how we actually step into the skill of confidence, because most people think it's a feeling and it's really a skill. And that means that if it's a skill, anyone can learn it. Um, and so we can be more confident. And um, I really love midlife. People are like, why do you focus on midlife? Because it's awesome. <laughs> it's like our second adolescence. We get a second chance at our adolescence and really start asking ourselves, what is it that I want for the rest of my life? Because most of us did not plan past 50. I got to tell you, we thought we're going to check all of our boxes. But yeah. I don't know if we thought we were going to sit in a rocking chair for the rest of our decades and decades yeah. or what. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But that's where I am. So you can find me on Instagram and Facebook. Um, My website is christina-smith.com. Awesome. Yeah, thank you so much. I love this twist. I love um, discovering new things that I've never heard of the golden shadow and I love it. And it's just another way to work um, with ourselves and improve ourselves and make us better humans. Thanks for sharing your story and your perspective. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Nikki. I really appreciate it. I've been loving your show, so I appreciate being here. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Connected Community Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please like, share, and subscribe. I can be found at www.nikkiyyoga.com, N-I-C-K-Y-Y-Y-O-G-A.com. Until I see you again next week, I hope you have a beautiful day.